Welcome to our latest International Employment Law podcast, in which we focus on employment law issues in India. It's the first time that we've had a podcast from India, and so I'm really delighted to join, be joined by Arjun Palari from BTG Legal to talk to us about the headline employment issues for organisations looking to expand into India. My name is Julian Hemming, and I'm one of the International Employment Law Partners at Osborne Clark. Arjun, thank you so much for joining me today. Could you perhaps start by tell, telling me whether there are any initial considerations from an employment perspective when a business looks to establish itself in India? Thank you, Julian, and I'm delighted to be here today. The three main initial considerations are the employment agreement, labor law compliances, and service rules and policies. When talking about labor law compliances generally, a state level law that is generally implemented by many states in India is the Shops and Establishments Act. Where this applies, it is mandatory for a company to register itself under the acts of each state in which its offices are located. This registration is usually granted for a fixed duration and must be renewed periodically, though some recent changes mean that uh, there is a flexibility now for some of these registrations in some states to be renewed automatically. When the state level shops establishments acts are considered, these acts prescribe details of the working hours for employees, opening and closing times, mandatory leave provisions for employees, and where permitted, the conditions to run business operations on a 24 by 7 basis. Therefore, uh, this act and the compliances under it will have a bearing on employment policies and therefore companies must give particular consideration as to where they plan to open their offices across different states because in some states the policies are more employer friendly than others. Okay, thanks Arjun. So it's going to be really important for employers setting up establishments in India to make sure that they are registered first of all and then to take into consideration the local state requirements governing the employment relationship on a state-by-state -state basis. But do employees also have individually negotiated rights over and above these mandatory state provisions, for example, through individually negotiated employment contracts? That is exactly right. And yes, the formal relationship between the company and its employees must be in the form of an employment agreement, which also sets out the wages and other benefits due to an employee, together with the terms of service and the manner of conduct of the employee. Another important aspect in the employment agreements are the wage structure, which must follow the mandatory parameters so as to avoid paying social security contributions, which are lower or in excess of what is due and payable. Thanks, Arjun. You mentioned earlier how legislation impacting on employers can vary on a state-by-state -state basis. Can you say a bit more about that, please? Yes. So in India, generally, uh, you have legislations on labor law in two categories. You have laws that apply generally across the country, which are called the central legislations. And then you have variances of that along with individual state-specific legislations that apply in each state. Now, while all companies must comply with laws of the central government, they are also supplemented by the laws of individual states. Some states have more business-friendly laws than others, while some prescribe greater benefits to employees than others. 
where an employer is putting in place benefits which will impact employees operating out of different states. The general rule is that employees must be provided with benefits which are the most beneficial after considering the laws and the variations across states and locations. Okay, so as well as the location of a business, are there any other factors which determine the labor laws which will apply? Yes, there are. And I think the most important factor on the applicability of different labor laws and rules in India is determined by the number of employees engaged by a company. Therefore, from the employer's perspective, it's really important that the company keep track of the number of staff employed by it because the change in the number of employees could directly lead to having to comply with additional labor laws and rules. Okay, many thanks, Arjun. So keeping track on numbers, particularly as a business grows, will be critical. And a factor we also see with some of the other rules which apply in the UK. Just looking now at an aspect which is always a concern for many employers, could you tell us briefly about the process for dismissing an employee where unfortunately the relationship does not work out? When considering termination of employment, the three main criteria that would decide the employer's rights would be the rights under statute, uh, the rights under the employment agreement and the rights under the service rules or policies of the company. Therefore, uh, it is important that the processes, remedies and financial obligations for termination are decided uh, based on the number of employees and the tenure with the company. Generally speaking, employment can be terminated for reasonable cause, but termination without cause may attract the provisions of the applicable Shops and Establishments Act, requiring companies to serve notice before termination and also requiring them to offer severance pay for longer tenured employees. I should add here that we do recommend that the employment contracts for key employees should be executed on non-judicial stamp paper to ensure that contracts of key employees are admissible as evidence in court in the event of a dispute. The stamp paper value is usually nominal, uh, varying from anywhere between 500 Indian rupees to 1000, which is approximately 10 pounds in total. And it depends entirely on the state in which the contract is executed. Thanks, Arjun. That's a good reminder because it's not good to go to court without an executed agreement. And I think that applies all over the world. So that's a good reminder for employers. Just turning to a, a hot topic we're seeing in the UK, with the acceleration of digital, digitalization due to the COVID pandemic and more businesses embracing hybrid working, more individuals are choosing to work in different jurisdictions. What would an overseas national need to do to work in India? So generally speaking, foreign nationals can be employed to work from India. The few main considerations are from a perspective of immigration control, that is having the relevant employment visas, from a taxation perspective, that is having the relevant registrations and paying tax in India. And lastly, there are also certain social security considerations that need to be taken into account. The employment laws in India apply to a foreign national in the same manner as they apply to any other Indian employee of a company. The main factor for a foreign national while who is working from India, apart from obtaining the necessary employment visas, would be to enroll as a foreign national with the local 
foreigners regional registration office, which is com compulsory immediately upon arrival and upon any change in residential address. And the other important aspect would be to enroll for the Providence Provident Fund scheme and make the necessary contributions to the scheme based on the wages drawn by the foreign national. Okay, Arjun, that is really helpful as, as this is an area where we are seeing increasing queries. And I certainly personally dealt also with situations where employees in the UK whose jobs are cheaply transferred to India are looking to, to opportunities to work in India. So I think we might see more of that. Before we wrap up, are there any other significant current issues or developments that you are anticipating in the Indian labour market? Thanks, Julian. I think one change that is anticipated in the Indian labour market, and this is a change that has been uh, in the works for a while, it's been in, in the works for almost two years now, are the updates to the employment laws and uh, labour laws in India. Simply put, the Indian government is currently in the process of consolidating around 29 labour law legislations into four distinct labour codes. When these labour codes come into effect, it will undeniably influence companies and their employment practices in India. So we are assisting many businesses in preparing for these new codes and this code and these codes generally are going to be the main highlight we anticipate in the next few months across the labour landscape in India. Okay, well, thank you, Arjun, for giving us such a helpful overview of employment law considerations in India and also highlighting issues that you are seeing at the moment. Employment is an area where we see so many developments as business respond to the current market drivers. And I really look forward to catching up with you again soon. So thank you also to our audience for listening today. We hope you found the podcast helpful. And if you wish to speak about any of the matters raised or have any other questions about employment law in India or any other law in India, please do get in touch with either Arjun or me. Thank you very much for listening.